Welcome to the Linguava Podcast, The Invisible Profession, where we give you tools, tips, and resources in medical interpretation and translation that help bring to life our industry and ultimately help improve health outcomes for the limited English proficient communities. Welcome to the Invisible Profession, episode number six. Thank you all for, for joining uh, me today here. I'm super excited to be able to have uh, a dear dear friend and an inspiring individual who is not only has been a Spanish interpreter here in our local community in Portland, is a fu- future dentist, entrepreneur, has his own, own nonprofit organization that's uh, doing a lot of good in our community. Um, someone who is compassionate and filled with passion and just really speaks from um, a place of genuineness and authentic- authenticity, just really has, has love in his heart for, for all of people that he comes in contact with. Super excited to have my, my dear friend, my brother, Fidel, here with us. Yeah, I am super excited to be here and then keep um, connecting with you in regards to these important uh, subjects and topics that now... Yeah. Uh, are uh, so important for our community. I am honored to be here, uh, honored to share my story. I always say that, you know, there's a power in sharing people's stories because um, as we talked before briefly, um, anyone can talk you in and out of science, uh, you know, like liberal arts, even theology, but no one can take the experience away from you. And then this is what we are trying to do we are trying to bring this conversation to life we're trying to educate and be educated um we're trying to lead but also follow and teach but also learn uh, through all this process um and uh, my experience uh have been one of the uh, i would say many that uh people go through and um i'm not by any mean uh the um the one that um kind of like wants to lead the the whole movement it's like all of us our responsibility to kind of like share more and more and more um i was born as you said in cuba uh, especially in um santiago de cuba which is kind of like a little province um in the south uh east area of uh, the whole island Um, and since I was born my mom uh, took it upon her to move from Santiago to look for better opportunities in uh, Havana since she graduated um, with a biochemistry degree in um, in uh, Havana in University of Havana Mm -hmm. and then that's where she met my dad and then we moved from Santiago to Havana and in Havana growing up um, my mom always have uh, implanted or seated in me the um, responsibility of of carrying my core values and my beliefs Mm. up on my sleeves and let that speak greater and louder than whatever color of my skin uh, might be uh, reflecting upon. Um, the the growing up in Cuba, it was interesting, uh, kind of like comparing to here, mm-hmm. because we, um, we have a sense of community. There's so much that um, Cubans relate to one another because of the the constant oppression and persecution that they experience from the government. So the one of the ways that Cubans have been able to um, to cope with that is mm-hmm. the the level of responsibility, community oriented responsibility with each other, and that means taking care of each other. That means. Um, getting to the place where in the neighborhood you can go to mm. your your neighbors for like a little bit of a coffee or like if you run out of salt or sugar. I remember so many times when my mom used to send me to uh, one of my good neighbors now, um, Lucia, to get that little bit of a sugar or a coffee or maybe sometimes bread or mm-hmm. sharing like the food that you got that yeah. we um uh, made or they made for us and things like that. So that level of community allowed to um, Cubans to get a little bit more in contact with um, uh, like issues like that. 
mm-hmm. racism issues like um so being, being able to connect and see beyond beyond the differences beyond or differences. beyond yes beyond race. that's exactly yeah. right so um but although the constant oppression that we felt from the government uh which is systematic and enhance also that racism right mm-hmm. that uh hostile environment yeah i remember one time when i was um uh, you know having uh, a day with my friends in yeah. old havana um uh, havana vieja uh, that all my friends that they happen adapt you know not all my friends are white but like the group that i was with they happened to be um white yeah. and uh we were walking down uh havana vieja and um a police walked by and only stopped me and asked for my documentations, my my identification, right? And yeah. at that time, I was a little, like, taken by, but yeah. I was just, like, making light of it and yeah. making fun yeah. of it. My friends also were actually the ones who stood up and said, hey, this is wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and I... It, once again, that level of community oriented, that level of like mm-hmm. we're standing up for each other. They jumped in at they least. They jumped yeah. in, you know. And yeah. um, I was really taken by it because I I felt like, why do you have to single me out through all like all these yeah. six, seven people that they are on the group, right? Um, and once again, but in myself, since I have all these core beliefs, and I'm like, no, like I want to make sure that I behave in a way that is appropriate for my core values and my beliefs based upon what my mom have mm-hmm. um, uh, has been able to um, teach me and, and see it in me. Yeah. But at the same time, there raised a question of why? Why me? Mm-hmm. Why me? Yeah. Uh, why are you singled out? Why am I singled out? Why do I have to behave like raise the bar to myself to behave in a way that uh for other people's is 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 not expected why is it expected of me yeah you get you may get, you get tired of that I yes would imagine I mean, yes carrying to carry that word a lot majority of other people don't have to ever even think about yeah now thinking back you know because once again at that point it was like oh like he's just calling me because you know yeah. i i got singled out again right yeah 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 and that sometimes blindsides the the uh, pretty much the experience that you get in a regular basis, and then you uh, and you are not able sometimes to process those things, you yeah. know, because it's a systematic, it's systematic, it's something that is almost embedded into the DNA of the society. Yeah, you know that sometimes the right code doesn't you know like get transcribed or doesn't yeah. get you know actually you know translate can't, can't change yeah over overnight and so and so when you when you came here to the the u.s you know you were what 22 20, 21 yes yes 20 years old yeah. hardly spoke any any english yeah very very little very little english um so you're learning you're learning language you're learning the culture uh what was your initial experience to how racism is is played out here in the in, in the U.S. Yeah, it, it was really it's it's really interesting to um, talk about that because I was um, thinking and reflecting. Uh, I I was dreaming even coming to the states and and believing. Oh my gosh, I'm going to the land of freedom. Mm-hmm. That's what they you know like that's the whole statement. Yeah, right American there. dream. American yeah. dream. I've yeah. coming from a place of hostility coming from a place of oppression uh coming from a place of restrictions i am going to the line of freedom yeah right that's like the most beautiful thing uh i remember landing over and the first thing mm-hmm. that i identify uh that i was able quickly to realize that there were not a lot of people who looked like me right and you came straight to portland oregon yeah. right yeah. uh i i did a well we uh from uh havana we landed in um miami yeah. we stayed there for a couple of hours and then from there we laid over in denver <clears throat> and then denver straight to portland oregon that was like the whole yeah. day traveling right uh and there you go uh, a guy you know like um in the really early 20s um coming to the states and um experiencing all those those things at once right yeah but uh when i yeah that's a lot but when i got here the first thing that i noticed that there were not a lot of 
um, uh, people that, re- that, that actually can relate to people who look like me. And once I'm not expect, I wasn't expecting to seeing a lot of Afro Latinos, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but at least someone that I can relate to that maybe has the same color of my skin, that they mm-hmm. have like some sort of like that I could actually see. Um, that was my first encounter. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I am in a, in a, in a totally different <laughs> environment, yeah. right? Um, and as you know, uh, when uh, I left Cuba, I was um, um, in school. I was in dental school mm-hmm. in Cuba. Yep. Uh, and I was, um, you know, uh, I was fortunate enough that I worked uh, hard uh, in a dental school where I achieve a lot of awards, uh, achieve a lot of, uh, I would say, um, I did a really good contributions back then. And I was trying to uh, fulfill my same dream here. Yeah. Um, and uh, oh boy, that was like a monster in and out itself. Because yeah. as I was going through um, trying to find myself uh, in this society and being uh, able to to communicate, that was the main important thing. It's like, how can you go to a society and you cannot communicate? And on top of yeah. that, having this color of your skin kind of like mm-hmm. seeing you as a barrier, you know? Right. As a as a hindering the possibility to connect, so no, that was like another layer, right? Uh, that to to add to it. So I remember going through a lot of places, and uh, first of all, uh, I could not, uh, you know, like speak very well English at first. I could not in a while. I'm still kind of like struggling a little <laughs> bit, but I, I I think I have improved a little bit. Um, Your English is awesome, man. Yeah, with an accent. So how was that experience different? Sounds like it was an accepting, you know, welcoming experience with the black community here. And how is that different than with the with the Latino community here? Yeah, it's different because uh, the Latino community. It's um, when you when you hear the word uh, Latino, uh, you you identify or you like prefix yourself with a different demographic, you know. And that happens in a regular basis, you know. When I speak Spanish. To a Latino community, sometimes they'll be like, wait a minute, but do you speak Spanish? You know what I mean? Because once again, black person in the Latino community, they don't see Afro, sometimes Latinos, as a um, as someone who can speak Spanish, you know? So that was interesting. Yeah. I remember, you know, I worked with you uh, for a um, uh, couple of years and... Uh, and uh, I used to as go a, to as a Spanish, as interpreter, as a, as yeah. a Spanish interpreter. I used to yeah. go to the um, to the clinics, and they will be kind of like wondering whether I actually was able to speak Spanish or not, or whether the translation mm-hmm. was accurate enough. Mm. Now we'll un- unpack that a little bit. What were what was what was that experience like when you say whether was it just people giving you a different look or was there at would, would anyone actually say anything or yeah so uh, I felt first the the look was a, one of the main things that you you call it out um, it was like what a minute you're are the you, interpreter are you an interpreter or do you speak Spanish and I'm like yes I do speak Spanish and I, you know the, the minute I start talking um, they will kind of like connect with me then when we will go to the room uh, they would there will be subtle you know like reassurements of uh, comments as to um, did you translate like exactly what I said like did you say exactly what I said you know mm-hmm. and I'm like yes I mean <laughs> mm. that's how I was trained that's, yeah. that's yeah. how I was trained uh, and uh, she and then I would just repeat that back to um, the uh, the doctor right yeah you know there you like, go. yeah. It's like a, a conduit. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And she's. Uh, yeah. But but really, really, do you say? So it was always that, or she or he or whoever it was in the room. It was always kind of like the re reiterating of uh-huh. uh, reassurement. Um, that was actually a little bit discouraging because I'm like, yes, like I speak Spanish. I you know like I am well educated. I am pursuing a dental career, so I know yeah. exactly. Especially in the dental field, in, yeah. in you know, yeah, I know medical exactly terminology. That's a medical terminology. So that was really interesting. But there, I must say that there there are some dialects that they're different from each um, right. community and each country. You know, 
from uh, Mexico to Cuba is yeah. different from Cuba to um, you know like Venezuela or any country in Latin America who speaks Spanish like that speaks Spanish is yeah. kind of like a little bit the dialect's a little bit different right yeah right although the uh, the ability to connect with the 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 Latinos uh, or the Latinx or the uh, Hispanic uh, speakers, it, it's, it was a little hindering because of the color of my skin, you know, because they assume that uh, I could not speak well Spanish or mm. that I was uh, an African-American trying to speak Spanish mm -hmm. and you yeah. don't get me, you don't get all those things. So it was, it was really interesting and interesting enough mm. that uh, when I would talk to them, you know, and but once again, that's my core belief is like, yeah. and now is an opportunity or, or like a misperception or ability that you had is an opportunity for me to say yes, right? So I would kind of like come around and I will, and elaborate a little bit more in what I do. Because once again, coming from a dental background, pursuing a dental career, uh, that's that I was the most qualified, you know, sometimes in those, in those mm -hmm. appointments, but yet they didn't <clears throat> see me as such, yeah. you know? And as speaking of that, uh, that was also one of the things um, when it comes to the, the healthcare system and the dental systems particularly, mm -hmm. One of the things that I I was not in all the first couple of years was not able to see a lot, you know, representation. I always I always uh, find those words really empowering, representation and relatability. Yeah. You know, yep. so those are those words that they always like now in this whole movement speaks to my mind because when I uh, started my first. Um, steps to go back to school and pursue my dental career at the beginning, it was coming from um, having no one that I could relate to. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. it, it was coming from someone, from someone that I was trying to achieve this, and sometimes it's defeating and really defeated because I was trying to achieve a dental career. I was trying to achieve, achieve a science degree, not having representation someone that I can relate to, that I can mm -hmm. see myself, right? you know? Yeah. And that's really discouraging. Like, and once again, that's systematic. And then you yeah. start to like exercise in these like five whys and say, why there's none there. Yeah. As you're, as you're sitting at OHSU School of Dentistry and you're looking around, right? I mean, you're, you're probably not seeing, seeing a lot of, a lot of people of, of, of color. So yeah, why, why is that? Um, and, and again, you have to look, look back at our history. You know, we have to open the history book as to what, what brought us, what brought us to where, where we are today. And I, I am like, uh, I, one of the things that you mentioned really well uh, there that I really uh, kind of like resonate with is like leaning, that word. You have to like, the, 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 the effort of, of, of leaning in and listening to those mm -hmm. conversations and leaning in and listening to those experiences, right? Those stacks. Because uh, sometimes we say, and that's what I, I was, I, I'm not gonna mm -hmm. lie, I was under that belief. Coming from yeah. Cuba, I was under the belief that I went, I went to the land of freedom. Mm -hmm. Everyone is, it's the same, everyone is equal, everyone is good, and yeah. I shortly realized that that was not the case. And what, I think what I, I, I once again, it's my experience, yeah. um, I, I think of what, what is important to take away is that equality doesn't mean that any, everyone is the same. Equality, mm -hmm. For my uh, personal belief, it means that you have a fair access. You have access, you know, mm -hmm. the same access of opportunity, the same access, that same access that I was looking for yeah. when I came to the States. You know, uh, Cuba having a lot of restrictions, you don't have those access. Yeah. You don't yeah. have that access. Uh, someone else decide the fate of your path, your trajectory, right? Yeah. Here, when when you go to the or you come to the line of opportunities, the line of freedom, uh, that axis is kind of like smear and embedded into so many systematic racial and uh, and you know oppression and justice. And they the advertisement, the branding is like you come to uh, the best place on earth. Yeah. And I'm not gonna lie, yeah. I love this country yeah. by heart because it has provided me with yeah. amazing opportunities. Um, but opportunities that I had really hard to fight for yeah. that um, sometimes I question whether 
that was, um, you know, uh, systematic or not. Yeah. And now, nowadays, I feel like what I was feeling, it wasn't wrong to feel that way. Because you start questioning yourself and you are like, mm -hmm. why do I feel this way? Why do I feel this way? Why do I feel that this person is not taking my job application or this person is not letting me get into this school, you know? Yeah. Uh, other than just the color of my skin. Yeah. Why do I feel this way? You know, sometimes um, when you look at, you know, I went to PSU uh, and I pursued um, uh, biochemistry, you know, like taking the legacy uh, of my mom because my transcripts were not transferable to the yeah. States, right? So yeah. I had to start all start over, over again, again yeah. you know? And I was a monster in and out itself, right? And once again, a black person, Afro-Latino, coming from a different culture, a different society, trying to aspire, uh, being educated, trying to aspire, uh, pursue a science degree. It's mm -hmm. really hard in this country. And, and a black person, period, trying to go into a medical field, it's really hard. First of all, no representation. Second of all, the systematic, like the ground, the foundation of your, yeah. your core education is, is almost non-existent because yeah. the funding of the government and the, 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 the education system and the, the, the you know, like the um, public schools, they're not, uh, you know, looking at actual the root cause and putting yeah. things implemented to actually get to the point where you are at a fair shot, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and that besides the point of, uh, you know, like, uh, family uh, struggles that that besides the point of actual you know like police yeah. brutality struggles like community struggles that they face through you know yeah. so when you are growing up in this society and you're a kid and you have to think about all those things before you can actually focus yourself into education pursuing a science degree pursuing any degree in general mm -hmm. it's you're not at a, at a same it's star line. Yeah, there's not, there's not not level playing field. Yes. Well, and I think that, that that brings up a good a good point as well, which is I think it's important to talk about, which is the whole I, the whole idea behind the movement of, of Black Lives Matter. When we when we look at look at well, Black Lives Matter, yes, but what about what about my my culture? Because I've also experienced racism, and and you know maybe I'm you know of a. Maybe I'm from from India, or maybe I'm maybe I'm, I'm Asian, or something like that, and I've experienced I've experienced racism. So, so isn't that important as well? So, like, which racism is is worse? And it's not. It's definitely not about a game of which racism is is worse. It's I think that and someone said this last night, and when they were speaking at the um, at the, one of the marches I was at, and they said, when all lives matter, we all know that all lives matter. When black people matter, everyone, everyone matters, matters, right? When, when black people eat, everyone eats, right? When black people succeed, everyone, everyone is able to, to succeed. We, we have been in this place of insanity that we are doing over and over and over and over, doing things and then expecting different results as to um, mm -hmm. feeling that it's okay. Feeling that it's okay, this gap. Right. Yeah. It is what it is. Uh, I've heard so many times, even from my black uh, community friends, like it is what it is. You know, like they're white, mm -hmm. you're black. You have to do these things when the police pull you over. You have to put your hands on your wheel and just look straight up. Tell them exactly what they need to hear. Otherwise, so other people don't experience those things. The yeah. Other people don't have that kind of like innate um, mm -hmm. ability. I want to say other people, I mean, other white folks. Right. You know, no, so ever, ever have to uh, ever have think to think about, think about that. If I'm walking down the street, I don't have to stop and think, oh, gosh, I need to be extra careful right now because I'm walking down this street at this time, a time of night. If, if I'm so a cop is going to see me differently and yeah. could easily pull me over. Yeah. And then that's one of the things that I really uh, resonate with, because when you talk about how to move forward, once again, you have to know why these things are happening and tackle each sector you know, and what is not working, yeah. it has to like, it has to change. 
This is the time that we have to change. This is the time that we are not a, that we're not going to be able to move forward until our 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 inwardly uh, perceptions, abilities, and beliefs like look introspectively and see what is not working. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things that I've been seeing right now, right, that uh, our allies, right, uh, want to kind of like put. Uh, black leaders uh, in mm-hmm. the forefront. They yeah. want to put. Uh, they want to make those statements, which is all. All in all, I'm not saying that they're bad. I appreciate. I mm-hmm. love that movement. But if you don't change the introspective of your own organization in order to mm-hmm. get the root cause and right. actually recruit talent, right, yeah. and actually look at ways that we can volunteer and actually look at ways that we can elevate. The, the 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 equity yeah. of our black folks you're not doing anything you're just like putting like you're you're checking a box checking off. a box yeah. off and we don't want to do that that's that's something that I I really strongly believe especially in the in the health sector in especially in the in the health system yeah. right yeah. so how do you take those things in consideration how do you take in consideration that this guy, uh, black folk that came from a different demographic that has mm-hmm. had a lot of struggles had a fair shot. They might not get yeah. like straight A's because everyone, if they have all these boxes on like check, 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 you know, yeah. as like having a, a food in, in their table all the time, having, you know, like their family and the communities not being harassed all the time, yeah. uh, having actually educational system that, you know, like allows you to, to learn and get that education. Yeah. All of those things, right? Do You're not going to get to the point where you can actually even inspire, even think of yeah. a science career. So how can you, as a health provider, as an institution, like education-wise, uh, uh, you know, uh, in the health field, yeah. how can you get to understand that and have a better shot? I always say to um, my friends that I, I'd rather take uh, a 3.24 student than a 4.0 student. You know, because these three points and also look at what their story is. I'm interested more about what your story is, because I bet that you're with all the things that you have going on and you still manage to make it. I know that you are the one that is going to be the one to be because you you're committed to consistent to work hard. Uh, There are other questions of my friends that they say, well, like. Um, when it comes to equality, right? Well, like, you know, like Michael Jordan is one of the most multimillionaire companies, in, you know, like, uh, uh, people in the world. And then he has like this company that is huge um, and Oprah as well. Uh, and the fact that you just point one, two, three out of like yeah. millions of black <laughs> people. How many people are there in the, in the yeah. world? Yeah. Yes. And yeah. that's, and that's interesting because I was uh, watching the uh, documentary of Michael Jordan, uh, that the last dance. And one of the things it, like, like stroke me uh, in my core because he said, he shared that as, as he coming up to the, the person that he wanted to be, he has like a narrow focus on like when i say narrow focus i mean like really good focus on what he like the person like the, who he actually wanted to like yeah. inspired to be he had a block all thy noise he said that he has to be able he was he had to be able to block all the noise to to conquer what mm-hmm. he wanted but imagine all these kids that they're coming up and do exactly the same thing when all their kids they don't even have to think about that right they don't have to deal with that, that same noise. Exactly. They don't have to yeah. deal with the same noise. And that comes from, once again, uh, yeah. uh, the, the, everyone has a fair shot to start at the same line, the starting yeah. line. Yeah. Now, it's all up to you whether you want to run 50 miles right. or it's all up to you whether you want to run 20 miles. But at least, you know, like fair yeah. access to yeah. the same opportunities. And that, that's really what, what health equity is all about, right? Is recognizing that we're all starting at a different line. Right, we're not all starting in the same place. So, where is this person starting at? Where are where where are they at? So that I can help provide health equity. And so, I want to I want to pivot on on that question there too, and be able to unpack because we have a lot of a lot of providers that that listen to listen to our podcast as well. 
medical providers, um, medical interpreters as well, and, and translators. And so, what would what what would be if you had if you had white medical providers sitting in this room today, listening to this conversation? What what would it be that you would want to share with them in regards to what what should they know when they are taking care of the limited English proficient um, community patients or black patients? Yeah. Um, what, what what is something that they need to need to know that maybe they're, they're currently missing? Yeah, um, that's a really good question because uh, you know having this platform. Um, allowed me to actually um, pretty much lean in once again, right, and understand. And one of the things that I really will, like, like to express to them is the fact that even though you don't speak the same language, right, that doesn't mean that I have less value, you know, or less um, uh, level of understanding, the fact that you don't speak the same language, English-wise, right, because we live in America, that doesn't mean that I have less value, first of all. And the fact that um, I am black or that I am Latino doesn't mean that I, I cannot achieve a better uh, health for myself mm -hmm. or, or, or even achieve a higher standard of uh, being in a position where I can actually uh, provide the help, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that's one of the main things uh, because we always see ourselves because we don't speak the language sometimes as the recipient of that um, help, right? And by seeing ourselves in that, in that recipient end, it hinders the possibility to empower them, right? To empower mm -hmm. uh, the, the ability of them to achieve better health, achieve um, positions in the health system, you know, because you're always the recipient of that, right. you know, and that's how, what has been the, the whole time. So for us, it's, it's, it's important to, to, shake and, 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 you know, stretch a hand and say, no, like I am empowering you because I'm pulling you with me to get you to the point where you can achieve yeah, your, like your, your, yourself, you know, like I'm empowering by pulling you towards rather than, okay, I'm here. I have to like do that to you or like provide the help. Mm. And then that's it. And that's one of the things that I really want to resonate because with people, because it's important that we empowered empowering sometimes for me doesn't mean that you give me what i need give you money or something yeah exactly yeah because a lot of providers are like oh we donate this much for this yeah. organization we will donate that which is it's awesome it helps a lot mm -hmm. but empowering also mean let me pull you and share the resources that i have that way you can take care mm -hmm. of yourself with the resources that i have been able to take yeah. care of myself and take care of yeah. you as well yeah, right. That's so that's so so true. Yeah. Someone was talking about that the other day too. It's like a lot of companies right now are donating money, let's say, to Black Lives Matter or other great organizations, which is wonderful. And there's a lot more that can that can be done too, just like just like you're saying. If all we want to do is just donate money just to be able to to check a box or feel good that hey, we donated money. So, you know, we're 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 doing something to help the community. If you're able to do more and really walk, you said walk hand in hand with them to make that make that connection. Because ultimately, that and this, I was I was having a conversation with um, with Talk, a, a good good friend of, of ours here at Linguava, works at Care Oregon, and, and she was saying, you know, the difference between you know companies that are getting this right now and and, and companies that are missing this healthcare organizations is a lot of them are thinking about how can we engage more with with um, communities of color and, and um, we want to be, we want to be able to engage more. And she said, you know, the way, what she, how she responded to that, she again, gently le leaned in and said, you know, instead of thinking about engagement, think about connection. Yes. How, how do I, how can I connect with you? Cause if I connect with you, then that's a more of a personal, personal relationship that's, that's being established that I'm, I'm listening to you. I have to, in order for me to connect to you, I got to listen to you. I have to stop talking. 
and and hear 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 where you're coming from. That in order for me to to provide health equity, I need to know where you are. Yes, and I need to know your experiences that bring you to the table yes. today, because it's going to be different than the last patient that I just saw or or yes. the next patient that I'm going to get. And that is so important though, because. Uh, even in, as a, uh, you know, the, the recruiter and the, the admissions for schools is like, how can I see beyond all these stacks? I want to yeah. see where you at. I yeah. want to connect with you where you at and how can I provide the resources for you to come to the point where you can yeah. actually experience what you want to achieve. You know, from like a leveling that playing field rather yeah. than you always going to be. It's kind of like it, it, it rather like being a surety work, you know. Yeah. It's more like a fellowship. Mm. Right. So I like that. Yes. Like it sometimes, uh, you know, like what, when you see uh, when you feel that surety work on you all the time, you your mind starts to think like that's what you're going to be at, you know, at that yeah. surety level, like they're going to give you the money or they're going to give you this. And that's why when they don't give you that, you expect that. And that's why sometimes when you expect that and you don't get that, you, you, you know, you know, you get mad because you don't have that in, in, in regards to, you know, like, um, like section eight in regards mm -hmm. to, you know, like the, the care organ, um, 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 plan, you know, health plan yeah. and things like that. So if you don't get it or food stamps, if you don't get it, you get mad. Why don't I get it? Instead of like sharing the resources that way you don't even have to apply for that. Getting, meeting you where you are, that way you don't have to yeah. uh, do all the things, sharing the resources, listening to you and see, okay, this is what this person needs. How can yeah. I share the resource that way he can come to me? I love that. You creating, know? creating the right programs to be able to get get you get you there because you can get there on your own yes but but and so instead of just just throwing like you said throwing money at it it doesn't it helps in the moment right yes it helps helps for the, the yes. meal for today but it's the same same thing with schools right yes if we're looking at looking at schools and saying okay there's there's great disparities here so what we really need though is is better better teachers better funding to be able to create programs yes, yes. that then will create the same opportunities that maybe a lot of white communities are, are receiving right now. Yes. It's one of those things that I, and that's what was actually, uh, you know, like I started at my nonprofit um, actually a year ago mm -hmm. and uh, at its core values and mission is to pretty much uh, provide that empowerment for these kids at an elementary level. Right. Those are critical areas, critical pivot points, yeah. you know, critical time, critical times yeah. for them. They're, they're all like seeing all these transformations in their lives and they're all seeing how it, you know, they can yeah. either get to science or get to, um, other place in their life that what beyond what the reality that's being represented to them at that yeah. point. So, uh, I took in my, uh, senior, um, year I took a capstone, a leadership capstone, uh, which allowed me to connect with communities because I really want to be, um, I wanted it to be involved in the community and see what is actually um, doing, uh, what what can I do? Why can yeah. I provide, you know, like yeah. uh, in the community uh, uh, from a leadership perspective in order for me to understand, once again, that word, like you, in order for you to be a leader, you have to be a follower and listening. In order for you to be a teacher, you have to be able to listen and learn, right? So I went to uh, regular elementary school and I was doing a lot of uh, mentoring for uh, different uh, aspects like math, uh, science, and also in the PE classes. Mm -hmm. And these kids are super talented kids, but yet they have not been able to have a fair shot. Why? Because of a taxation. I was stroke uh in my like i i could not believe that the way that the portland public district and i'm uh, in in if i say like all the, the 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 public schools are allocating funding based upon taxation of the mm -hmm. the the uh area where the area, they are, yeah. right yeah so 
uh, in other words, the people around the school, you know, like the tax that they bring to the area is how much they're going to be allocated to that. And uh, I was sharing that uh, perspective with um, some other um, friends and they were like, well, that makes sense. You know, the people that they bring, they, you know, like they have more income, obviously the school will, like, you know, the district will give more money to that specific area because they're bringing more income. And I'm like, how come don't you see that that's wrong? How come don't you see that mm -hmm. we need to level that playing field at the el elementary level, you know, at, yeah. at not even elementary level, like elementary level, middle school, high school. How come you don't see that that is wrong? Creating right? a huge, huge disparities that are just going to continue. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. then that's what we have to tackle. So yeah. I, um, you know, I took it up on me to started uh, uh, my organization. It's called Project Lido. Um which we provide, um, you know, like uh, through building uh, Lego robotics, um, uh, you know, like uh, workshops and, and, and um, interactive gaming. Uh, uh, we provide um, pretty much like empowering these kids, providing like the resources for them mm -hmm. to see themselves as as leaders, to see themselves as a communicators, to see themselves as a scientist in, in, in the future. You know, we enhance STEM, science, technology, engineering, uh, and, and math. Like, we really want these kids to be able to, yeah. to see themselves as such. You You're providing resources and, and like, classes and things like like that or yeah so it's an after school program um we started it uh with Margaret uh, margarita at lens elementary school mm -hmm. uh which you know it happened to be uh my mom and she's super passionate about education mm -hmm. and um i wanted it to uh bring something to these kids i've been volunteering with uh with in her classroom for a while and I wanted it to bring something to this kid that is meaningful, mm -hmm. that they can actually utilize their talent. You go to right. their classes and they don't have those resources. They don't have Legos, yeah. you know? And, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like Legos are something that, mm -hmm. I, in person, I didn't grow up with, but they're <laughs> super fun. And I <laughs> yeah. find them uh, that everyone else, like my, you know, like white folks, like generally have use them i've played with them and i'm like how come these kids don't have those things yeah. you know and that spike once again those like mindsets those like abilities to like yeah. get themselves to see as such so we provide that uh for the kids in the after school program we have uh we break them in like groups and then we provide lego kits and then they kind of like start to build in like we have a theme and they build this um uh, different, you know, like structures uh, yeah. among Legos, but that inspire this like leadership, that mindset, because we assess like who's going to be the leader of the team today, who's going to yeah. be a communicator. So by that, it brings yeah, a different, awesome. yeah, different aspect to it. And at the same time, we bring at the beginning of the program, which is, uh, it runs every year, um, someone that looks like them, from uh, science, from like medical background, from dental background, from engineering background, that looks like them, whether it's like from the Latino community for the black American, like black African-American community, we bring this, uh, we call them the mentor mm. at the beginning of the, of the, um, uh, the session uh, to them to speak to them about what was her, their his experience. Always yeah. they, they make it like you know playful and funny because yeah. those are like um, el, uh, elementary school kids, first graders and uh, third graders. But at the same time, they start seeing mm. someone. They start to relate with someone that looks like them yeah. in those start positions. Start to be able to put themselves in in their shoes. I, I, if they can do that, they look look and talk like me. I can too. Exactly yeah. right, and that is my whole mission. But not only that. We also aspire to go to communities all around the world and do exactly the same by and, and, and enhancing these kids, you know, to to uh, enhancing these kids to have that connection with other communities. Yeah. So not only them feeling the recipient of what we talk about of that charity. But also they, you know, like sending them. They paying it forward. Paying it forward, yeah. oh, you know. So and beautiful. Those are the connections that we try to establish, you know, yeah. and where they see themselves that they are the recipient, but also this empowering them to like bring yeah. prayer forward. And that change and shifts the mindset of yeah. them because yeah. they don't only see themselves. It's, it's, once again, it's like a fellowship. 
right? Mm-hmm. So I st- like we we've been um, super busy this past couple of uh, months uh, because we're going through uh, funding programs and things like that. But this yeah. is the cut ca- the type of things that I when I started it, uh, uh, you know, like when I funded this um, nonprofit to be able to for us to 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 have. But we can only yeah. do that if we go into the communities. Yeah. We look introspectively into our own self and see how can from here mm-hmm. help. Because the majority, you know, it's like it's not for anyone. It's not a denial that you have to look inside of you yeah. in order to like show the reflection or what you want to achieve or what you want to be able to see. You can't go from external point working mm-hmm. inside. You have to come from inside and go, go out. out. Yeah. And that goes from uh, talent acquisition, um, volunteering, uh, partnering up with yeah. a community organization. So how can these organization, big, huge organization that we have our ears, like yeah. their ears now, you know, how can they look inside of their organization, remove what needs to yeah. be removed? For them to stripe away that like unconscious bias, this kind of like so-called allyship that is not, yeah. you know, like uh, well served to the community and like go introspectively, look at that yeah. and then go and do the work, you know. And I love how much the 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 um, big corporations are putting so much passion into it yeah. because that is what we need. Yeah. You know, this is a time of we're being so like. I'm so grateful to be alive in this time Yeah, to make something good. Amen. No, I mean, and I think that what you're touching on here, which is so amazing with the, the, the nonprofit organization, how that's giving back. And one of the things that my wife and I have been talking about lately is, is exactly that is that a lot of the people that right now in this current climate are so upset um, about what's, what's happening or just, they're just frustrated Um Meaning that those that are feeling, feel those are maybe that are upset at the Black Lives Matter movement, or the they're they're not the ones that are out volunteering. If you're out volunteering, doing any sort of volunteering, you're giving back. You're doing something outside of yourself, so you're forced to then look at things differently. You're forced to listen, and you're forced to put yourself in someone else's shoes, right? And so I think that that's that's a that's that's a takeaway. I think for all of us through this is that. Whatever, regardless of what what color we are, if we're all jumping into the community together and saying, "Hey, we can have different religious beliefs, political beliefs, but let's 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 at least carry carry an, uh, an a heart of, of of serving, heart of serving others and giving back." And if we do that, I think that that will help eliminate a lot of the other differences that we see. We'll still recognize differences. It's not, it's not about like, like some people say, Oh, I don't, I don't see color. You do, you yes. see color. It's okay. It's okay. It's there and it's beautiful. So, so recognize it, but, but, but don't let that, don't let that hinder your experience with another human being. Yes. Cause there's still a human being just like you are. So recon, recognize that. And, um, and this has been, been so, so good for them. We're running yes. up, we're running short on, uh, on time here. Yes. So, so I want to ask you one, one last final question and then I'll, and then I'll, then I'll, then I'll wrap up is just what, um, what would be the sort of message that you, if you had to give sort of, you know, three words, five words, what would be that message that you would want to leave, leave behind for, for those, those who are coming up, um, that inspirational thought that's those words that have impacted you, what would be that, that message you'd want to leave as a, as a gift behind? Yeah. Um, you know, as someone who has gone through um, struggles in life, as anyone has been able to um, achieve something greater and better than yourself, uh, it's important. I feel like, as my mom always taught me, that let your core values and beliefs speak louder than whatever they can perceive you as. Yeah. And your color is beautiful. Your ethnicity is beautiful. Your culture is beautiful. And when you align yourself with your mission and purpose in life and that passion that you have towards something, go after it. You know, uh, that's what I always tell my, my, my kids. I call them my kids. Um, 
let that core value speak louder and that don't be ashamed of that. You know, core values, believes, uh, uh, strong aspirations mm-hmm. speak louder than whatever they can pursue you as, you know. And a no is an opportunity to get a yes, mm. you know. Love that, yeah. That's and beautiful. that's, uh, yeah, that's one of the, the quotes, uh, um, uh, like Keisha, uh, one of the um, um, senior staff um, uh, at Intel uh, share. And no is an opportunity for you to, for, or for you, for anyone to turn it around into yes. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're trying to do now. Yeah. You know, yeah. we've been, the black uh, community has, has been uh, in a no stage for such a long time. But we're still fighting, and those protests, it's, it's going to be an opportunity for us to get us that yes. Yes in education, yes in, in, in dental, in healthcare system, medical care system, uh, nursing care system, uh, yes in, in, in interpreting opportunities mm-hmm. for interpreters, uh, yes to experience different language. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know? Recognize uh, that. It recognize that. Yeah. Yes to. to to institutionalize um, uh, things in place that we move forward. Yeah. But from coming from understanding where we were, you know? Yeah, that's where we're going to start there. Yeah. So th- thank you all so much for, for joining in today. And um, we'll go ahead and leave, leave Fidel's contact information at the bottom as well so you can be able to support his, uh, his nonprofit, uh, Project Leto, and also be able to get, get in contact with him as well. Thank you all for, for joining us today. And if there's any questions that, that you have or comments, we would love for you to share them, share them below. Uh, any particular topics that you want to hear about for us to share next, leave those as well. And I'd love to, uh, to bring those up in a, in, a, in a future episode. If you haven't already, go ahead and hit like and subscribe for to the episode so you can get more content just like, just like this today. And feel free to also share this with your friends in the community. We want to make sure that this, uh, this message is getting, getting out and I believe it's going to add a lot of value to uh, to those in in our community. So, I just want to thank you all so much for for joining, and we have a blessed day. Yeah, have a good day, guys. Thank you so much. Fidel, thank you. <laughs>